I think I land somewhere between Scorsese and Capra in what I'm drawn to emotionally. I'm drawn to very intense emotion. Capra freaked people out when they saw Jimmy Stewart lose it in It's a Wonderful Life. David O. Russell. Never struggle, we face the silver lining to embrace. Join us as we journey through the ups and downs of Silver Linings Playbook 2. Welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast, where we discover the light in the past. Each episode, we'll share and learn the power of connection and self-return. Yeah. Whoa, still getting used to the new theme music. And uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. I am your host, Jamie Ward. And as far as I know, this is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. What a special episode, and what a weird time to be recording it at. Uh, As you all know, this has always been a Thursday podcast, which was normally recorded on Wednesday, so that I was sure that I could get it out by Thursday. It slowly became a Sunday podcast where I was just getting it in under the wire for uh, making sure that there was a podcast every week. And I mean, that's usually how it happens. It is, but tonight, somehow... Just getting it in. This, this is the weird thing. It's close to the end of Sunday, which is when I... I mean, I've gotten to, like, up to the minutes. So it's like, hey, I have the forethought. I planned, but I didn't plan, but I did plan. And now we're executing the plan. A whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, but, but what a... I think this is super appropriate. Welcome, welcome, podcast. We've got everybody is here tonight. Um, the podcast, the rain, the it's cooking. It's no, it's raining outside. It's cooking inside. But I, I had to tell you, I was so excited about what this episode is. Uh, y'all, this is the hundredth episode. This is oh, episode one hundred. Who thought this podcast would be around this long? Let let's do one better. This is part 50 of our special 100-parter. 50. That is why I felt like we needed a quote from the man himself, the director, the writer of the adapted screenplay. Um, Probably actually should have gone with a quote from Matthew Quick, but we have talked about Matthew Quick. That's right, that quote at the very beginning. Thank you. Now I just got some water. Mm. Make sure y'all are hydrating out there in podcast land. But uh, it's really it's really interesting because he's, he's talking about, I think I fall somewhere between Scorsese and Capra in what he's drawn to emotionally. In that quote at the beginning, I totally see that one. You can see that in the movie Silver Linings Playbook uh, because there is a very Capra-esque, there is a very um, uh, breakdown, uh, it's a wonderful lifey-ness. But he also has Robert De Niro in it. Who's like Scorsese's boy, right? Ooh. So, so he really does. He he says that I don't know when that quote is from, um, but I see it. That's very interesting. It is very interesting. But is that what he said? He's emotionally he goes, he, drawn to. I, and that's actually a terrible quote because I hate when people use the same word to describe the thing that they said in the sentence earlier. But I think I land somewhere between Scorsese and Capra in what I'm drawn to emotionally, I'm drawn to very intense emotions. Um, well, but he's yeah, right. Well, if he was he's saying right. that, that's, that's 
that's okay if they're using the same, it's okay if he's using the same word because he's clarifying. I happen to be drawn to that type, like that type of thing. So he's like reiterating, which I think is kind of cute. It is. He's, he's saying it twice, which is a very Capra, uh, uh, Scorsese-esque thing because there's that guy, um, I forget his name, but he says everything twice in Goodfellas. Uh, yeah. He's going to get the papers, get the papers. Um, that's uh, yeah. the thing. I was going to say it could also be... Like, I think I land somewhere yeah, between Scorsese and Capra. Uh, so anyway, that's right. Is there a 50th, 50th episode? So wow, of course... Really? Yeah, or, or, or I've I messed that up. No, 50, part 50. This is part 50 of the special 100-parter, 100 episode. We're halfway there. I've been wow. on this episode. In two more weeks, it'll be a year that I've been working on the 100-parter. Um, and <laughs> I can't wait till episode 101. Oh, man. This, but, uh, <laughs> so, of course... Um, what do we have to do to make this super about super silver linings? Oh, yeah, last week I was going to talk about American Hustle, and I really didn't talk about anything about American Hustle, which is a, a, um, a sort of spiritual successor to Silver Linings Playbook because it has, like, half the cast and crew um, and was the follow-up, and it was, it was so good. Uh, but... Um, what I ended up doing was I got distracted by talking about the movie ratings uh, on Rotten Tomato and IMDb. So I wanted to make sure that I started off um, on the right foot talking about the right thing, which was keeping... I, I, I felt like if there's any episode that should be Silver Linings Playbook related, it's got to be episode 100. Because we have talked about all sorts of things that uh, are of interest to people that like Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Uh, but sometimes we have, have had episodes that are a little heavier on the actual content of the movie, and sometimes we have had episodes that uh, were talking a little bit about other things. So it is raining here in Louisiana, and... Um, we are under all sorts of storm watches, and I just wanted to say I have really been getting into cinematography lately. Um, we, ha we have been recording, uh, very excited, um, experimenting with, uh, recording footage, learning about cinematography filmmaking from a visual perspective. I was never really in the production side, you know, mostly been a writer. But one of my favorite visual movies from the last, I was going to say 10 years, but it's been over 10 years now, 2010's Inception. You probably never heard me mention this film before. Uh, it's a little bit obscure. It's, it's one of Christopher Nolan's, um, it definitely was big, when it came out, but if you ask anybody about it, I don't think anybody would remember it or not. It, I could be wrong. If you do remember this film, uh, definitely let me know what your memories and thoughts are about it at silverliningsplaycast at gmail.com. That's S-I-L-V-E-R-L-I-N-I-N-G-S-P-L-A-Y-C-A-S-T at sign G as in golf 
mail.com, gmail.com. That's one of the places that people can set up email service for themselves where you can send and receive text um, messages with other people. You, you all probably know that already. I don't have to explain what email is. Uh, you probably have, if, if you're listening to this, podcast is way more advanced technology than email is, so you have probably had email for several decades now. Anyway, I looked up some, some different facts, and I was finding facts. Uh, the thing that came up was from a website called alltherightmovies.com, and I don't like this website because I was, I, you know, I haven't always been as disciplined of a podcaster. In fact, I, I never have. But now that we have a producer, I felt like I should. And they don't cite who this move, like who wrote this article. So I'm guessing they probably just stole all this information from the internet and repackaged it, uh, and you know, make clickbait articles because there's a lot of advertisements on this website too. So it's probably, and that's that's one of the businesses. These things just happen. Um, so anyway, uh, it was 21 interesting facts about the movie Inception. Uh, the first one being Leonardo DiCaprio plays Cobb, but other actors were considered. Uh, two of the big names that Christopher Nolan had in mind were Brad Pitt and Will Smith. So that would have been interesting. What if he had picked Bradley Cooper? I think that, but Bradley went on to have his own um, sort of Inception-esque film when he did Limitless which I guess is probably not that related at all. Uh, Leo said yes, and then Nolan built the rest of the cast around him, as many movies happen. Uh, DiCaprio wasn't just an actor on the film. It turns out he played a major role in shaping the script and improving the characters. So that is interesting. Inception. Really? Yes. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt wasn't Nolan's first choice to play Arthur. Um, he was in discussion with James Franco but the talks fell through scheduling conflict, and Franco had to go film 127 hours. So, wait, hold on. So, say that one more time. Joseph Gordon-Levitt wasn't uh, Nolan's first choice to play the character Arthur in Inception. He was interviewing James Franco. Uh, well, I'm glad that he didn't. Yeah, no, that would have been weird so and bad in retrospect. Yeah, uh, Franco went on to, um, he was filming the movie 127 Hours instead, uh, the movie about the hiker that gets his arm caught in a yeah, boulder. Yeah, funny because I actually thought that that was Gordon <laughs> Yes, I also remember watching that movie and feeling like I was trapped in a movie theater for almost 90 minutes. No, I'm yeah, that no. terrible. Um, um, I never finished it because, yeah, it was kind of one of those, like, it's it's yeah now like okay so you look at something like that versus something that like quote unquote would drag on like the pianist yes i said like piano pianist but like that movie is long as hell and it drags but there's a point to it it also doesn't just take place in one location, too. That's the huge yeah. thing. It's very hard to make a movie that only... Do you think, do you think he nailed it? Do you think that he Who? did a good job on that one? Or do you think that, like... 
Joseph James Franco in 127 Hours or Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Inception? 127 Hours. 127 Hours. Uh, I I think they probably did as well as they could given the subject material, but I also think that the the subject material was probably too short to actually make a movie about. Well, I feel like I feel like that's one of the ones because I haven't been able to finish it, so this is obviously like my own opinion. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. Nolan was trying to do something very specific, and it didn't. It didn't work out the way that he envisioned it to. Yeah, yeah. It, I. I don't. I don't think you bring it up, and nobody would ever think of that movie unless you mention it. It's not it's, something that I mean, people yeah, are like, "Oh yeah." Nobody's ever said it was like, their favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, but and guess what? We have done more hours of recording podcasting now. Yeah. By thirty-seven, then that dude was trapped in a rock. So, actually, that's not now, true because a lot of these have been five-minute episodes. Of trapped movies, isn't there? Uh, I know there's been some documentaries, but I thought that there may have been a movie recently that was done about the Chilean miners. Yes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. There was. And people liked, and that was actually an interesting thing because it was, I, I listened to, the, the Script Notes guys talked about the difficulty in making a movie like that, about how do you, how do you make a movie exciting when you know what the ending is going to be because of the news, and so they said they sort of made it about the relationships, and um, so the stakes of it couldn't be, are they going to survive or not, because you could just look that up. Yes, all the miners did get rescued at the end. Um, I forget what the... But yeah, no, that's actually a very good um, example of something similar that was probably done better, even though I've never even seen that either. But I, th- I, I think I heard people say it was fine. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you look at like a... Do- okay, so like we've been watching a lot of documentaries lately. So when it comes down to it, it's like, oh man, are they giving us more information than we actually know? Or are they just... Absolutely. Um, driving it home that this is what what happened. So when it comes to real life stories, I feel like there is an element of something else. Like, yeah, if you're focusing on the the humanity of it, you know, that the personal relationships is not meant to, like, distract you or take away from the fact that something horrible happened. There's also... It's funny because there's a movie that was way more with even way less. There's a movie with Ryan Reynolds where he is trapped in a coffin the whole movie. And it doesn't take place anywhere else except him trapped in the coffin, buried. Oh, so I thought it was, so that's similar to the, uh, the other Affleck movie where he's a ghost and he doesn't come to anything. A ghost story. Yeah. We've talked about that one, too. That one's a beautiful movie. That's, that's funny because uh, Franco and Casey Affleck are both people that I think people don't hire anymore. Well, um, are they actually actively seeking work, Well, I don't know, but I know a lot of people don't want to work with them anymore because they're both uh, on the list for, not an official list, but um, 
No, they both have now abuse things in their um, past where a lot of people... Well, I know James Franco does, but Levitt Fran- and... No, 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 not uh, Levitt. Uh, uh, Casey Affleck. You kind of love how I normally don't read articles like verbatim on this. Actually, I kind of do. But I think David O. Russell might have just become even more of the most interesting direct. I, I can't believe I'm, I haven't really dedicated a whole episode to David O. Russell in the way that I should have. But I, I want to read a little bit from. Are you recording? Yes. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's a, oh, what, what were you going to say? No, I was saying you should. 101? I will. Again. So, I need to read you all, and I say you all, assuming that this is plural, even though it's probably not even singular, because nobody listens. Don't listen to this. Oh, very exciting news. I am going to be on a podcast. Uh, it probably won't come out next week, but I'm recording it on Monday, and it's uh, very exciting. I'll give you all the details. It actually has a listenership, I imagine. I don't know. The people that do it are far more professional than I. They made all... Were. Anyway, uh, this is a fascinating article. It's from September 23rd, 2022, um, from Indie Film Hustle. Uh, and, may, and let's see if they cite the author of this at the bottom, because I definitely... I want to credit people, but I was just... I was reading over the first... Couple paragraph. Okay, the author is Cameron Bale, uh, who is the creator of the director series. But anyway, um, just just let me read the first couple paragraphs of this, and it's very interesting because I really like seeing where does the journey of the creator, um, like how does that influence? And it's, it's this is going to be far more wild than you you thought, um, or at least I thought. Anyway. Here, uh, I'm just going to read the first couple of paragraphs. Of all the living American directors... Okay, we're going to skip ahead for a while. Um, it's, it's talking about how he started. And I, I thought I was going to be bored with this article because it starts off with being like his parents worked in publishing at Simon & Schuster. His father, Bernard, is a VP of sales and Mother Maria as a secretary. And, and the first thing that um, sparks in my head is like, oh, okay, like they were kind of in the entertainment industry and in publishing already. He used... Um, he's a product of Russian, Jewish, and Italian-American heritage, and he was born August 20th, 1958, in Manhattan. This is where things get interesting, though. Um, and it was, uh, his passion for writing coincided with an emerging fascination with political science, both of which he studied at Amherst College in Massachusetts. Uh, Amherst, um, very familiar with uh, that area. I looked at that place, didn't get... After receiving his uh, A.B. degree in 1981, he adopted something of a nomadic lifestyle. Beyond the usual aimless 20-something occupations of bartending and manual labor, he taught Sandinista literacy in Nicaragua and served as a community organizer in Maine. Little, Little jump there. All the while, he continued cultivating his interest in writing and cinema, His innate sense of political activism led him to shoot short documentaries about poor housing conditions in Lewiston, Maine, and Panamanian immigrants living in Boston. The latter project would net him his first official job in the film business as a PA on the PBS series Smithsonian World. In the late 80s, Russell branched out into fictional storytelling, 
a development that would finally generate some momentum for his restless young man as he neared his 30th birthday. In 1987, he wrote a, and produced and directed a short film about an obsessive bingo-playing mother called Bingo Inferno, a parody of an American obsession, the quality of which earned him a screening slot at Sundance. He returned to Park City two years later with another short starring Bette Davis and William Hickey called Hairway to the Stars. With the cloud of the biggest film festival in America behind him, Russell was finally ready to make the jump into features. Um, And his first feature was the 1994 Spanking the Monkey, which I think we talked about because I watched that uh, early when I moved out here. Dark and but so there was also something funny I noticed too. He got a let's see, he got a valuable assist from Janet Grillo, an executive and producer over at New Line Cinema, who he'd married in 1992. Who? <laughs> he, uh, he got a valuable assist from Janet Grillo. No, but who, who got this? David O. Russell. He got, wow, yeah. But also, it's just funny, the wording of, like, he got an assist from an um, executive at uh, New Lion Cinema who he married. Like, so is that, yeah, you know, I like how they, no matter what any, any article that always talks about movie people tries to make anything, like, and, you know, he's, he's great. So, but that's just, um, so that's interesting. And actually, that really inspires me that he's really known for his um, fictional narrative filmmaking, but that he got his start uh, just being like a activist documentary maker, which is sort of the thing that I've been branching out into recently wondering like, because I feel like, and this is just my theory, I'm not a, you know, like a filmmaker yet, but um, I feel like when you're, ch- there's a certain budget range and a certain acclaim and work range where it's easier to start in documentaries. Why? Because documentaries, while they are all media and like everything is about money, the fact is you can make it, uh, because documentaries are sort of like journalism, and so it's, it's more about like having the truth, the story, and portraying it. So you don't need special effects uh, you don't necessarily need actors. A lot of the things can be done for free, but there's also, if it's sort of of education or interest enough to to the right market or audience, uh, you can often find levels of financial support from that. Um, going to a lot of the film talks around Louisiana, uh, there is a lot of grants and scholarship or, or sponsorships opportunities for people that are telling stories about um, that, that are based out of here or something. So uh, while you might not get millions of dollars to make those kind of movies, it's much easier to find legitimate sources of solid financing for um, factual products, projects around here than it would be the, the city or parish isn't handing out money to make... Um, you know, made-up stories. Even though there are, there are, to a degree, there's an interesting film grant that is available for anything that, it, that promotes French culture in the area, which doesn't necessarily need to be a documentary. It could just be sort of to promote the, um, the heritage of, of French lineage 
in the area, and I believe some of those can be uh, fictional narrative films or shorts or something. Um, so that's that's sort of my whole goal right now. Even though I want to make movies that are uh, stories that I write, I'm really trying to sort of build up the credentials to become a player in that game by what can I do as well as I can do at this level, which is basically with nothing. And that is definitely documentary storytelling and stuff. Um, already recorded a lot of footage for uh, a documentary here about um, my first time doing stand-up comedy, which hopefully will be next Saturday at the um, showbox in Lafayette. And I'm very nervous because I've been practicing for this first time doing stand-up comedy since 2009. So I've had, a, had over a decade to freak out about it and worry about it. And actually, most of that time, I didn't even know this show was going to happen. And like, I've probably only known about it for about 3% of the time I've been practicing for this. So it's a very big deal, and I'm very excited. And um, there's not going to be a sh uh, uh, link in the show notes because even the people that do listen... Uh, if you do listen, are probably not in the state. Probably not. Did you hear that? That was thunder. It's shaking everything. That's wild. Man, and I just, I just readjusted those. The room <laughs> handle, like, it's like, it's like, oh, we have this ladder. And little, little kid, like, not even waking up. Like, oh, okay, now, yeah. Hey, Jake. All the animals are coming in. Oh, come on, bud. What's up, pup? And kitties. How are, are you all right? Yeah, we got, oh, so we got three animals. We got a kitty under the table, a kitty on the sofa, and a pup here. <laughs> and, I just meant to go pet. I was like, uh -huh. That was a big, let's shake the whole thing. You know, that reminds me of, it, there is those ship captains on the top of the house in Mary Poppins that used to set the cannon off every day and shake all the things. I don't know why it's about that. Um, but, no, oh, that's Jim so... Shimmery, Jim Shimmery. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm so excited to, to find out, like, he was a... And, and now I'm looking at all of his things, and I, I think that is so interesting. Yes. Whoa! Cat robotics. That was... Cat core. He jumped out of my hands. I don't want him to miss that. Poor Jake. Okay, so... Yeah, Jake is laying in my feet. I don't want him sleeping on this rug. We got like this weird rock, paper, scissors going on. I know. Now this kid. <laughs> Are they kissing at each other? No, she, she was totally napping, but now, like, she's okay, now more alert than she was. Um, oh, sweet, sleepy girl. Meow, meow, meow. Y'all go outside and play, but not all the way outside. Just go, like, go. Go. somewhere or something. Let's go downstairs. Um, so. Hey, Jake, you doing all right? Jake is hiding under a table right now. Uh, oh, yeah, we should... Um, 
Jake lived here first. He has seniority. I want to see what our producer has to say about uh, David o. Russell. Let's ask our producer. Hey, what do you think? Think about director David O. Russell. It's probably not going to give me an opinion, but because um, then uh, feelings. But uh, American film. Ooh, David O. Russell is an American film director, screenwriter, and producer. He is known for his work on critically acclaimed films such as Three Kings, The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook, and American Hustle. His films often explore complex characters and relationships, and his directing style has been described as both intense and improvisational. However, Russell has faced controversy and criticism throughout his career including reports on set altercations with actors and crew members. Despite this, he continues to be a prominent figure in the film industry and has received numerous awards and nominations for his work. Um, oh, yes, that's right. I always forget that he did Three Kings, which is a... Now that I'm seeing he started off doing documentaries and small films, that is very very much uh, a film that I can see that was sort of inspired by a documentary maker. Not only is there a journalist that, that plays a very big film, it's shot uh, with very flat colors and, and sort of like a handheld-esque camera, almost like a journalist is just following her around. That, so that's so cool. That's why I like knowing the story about people, uh, how, what, what is their background? And that, so now I'm curious, right? Like, if I ever became a director, like, what, what do I think would shape my um, directing style the most? And I, I probably have to say uh, archery. Um, just from my uh, having a bow and arrow as a child and loving Robin Hood and briefly talking about buying a bow during 2020 with Brian, um, wait, uh, oh, what's, what's, I, oh, I feel so bad. I haven't watched your channel in a really long time. Um, gaming with Malice? Malice does gaming? Oh, man, okay, I'm sorry. I'm giving, I'm trying to give a shout out to, uh, my buddy Brian, who, oh, man, I, I need to catch up. I haven't talked to you in a long time. And the last time we, we spent like most of the pandemic talking about survival bows and getting one. And I hope you got one because it's now been uh, probably several years since we were both picking them out hypothetically and looking at what we wanted. So if anything, you deserve a bow now. And if you don't have one, hit me up and we'll, we'll make plans to get one. Uh, or two, or each get one. Get two amongst the two of us. Also, um, Tim got uh, some bows and arrows, and Arch I don't know how I would... Uh... He also has the target, that big foam target thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was, I was out there playing with them, but I didn't... I wonder where he see the that. target. Yeah, well, that was the thing. I didn't... Building, but, yeah. Uh huh. They're kids' bows, but they're grown-up arrows. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So oh man, I can't tell you how how much the weather is impacting this. 
podcast right now. It's it's beautiful. It the sounds outside are very much like is is David O. Russell directing the weather tonight because it is intense and emotional and yet uh, has sort of this deep philosophical cool and ease that makes me want to just keep existing in it right now. Can you hear the rain in the background? And no, we're not turning into one of those help you sleep channels. Although, you know what? My podcast probably would help you sleep out of boredom, but not out of the whole white noise, brown noise, pink noise, green noise. Uh, wait, how many colored noises are there? Let's ask our producer. How many colors of noise are there? There are typically five recognized colors of noise. White, pink, brown, blue, and violet. White noise has equal power across all frequencies, often used to mask other sounds. Pink noise has equal power in each octave, which makes it sound more natural to the human ear. Brown noise, also known as brownian noise or red noise, has a higher power at lower frequencies, which makes it sound deeper and richer. Blue noise has more power in higher frequencies, giving it a brighter and more piercing sound. Violet noise, also known as purple noise, has even more power in higher frequencies than blue noise and is less common in nature. There are also other types of noise that have been identified, such as gray noise, green noise, and black noise, but they are less widely recognized than the five colors of noise mentioned. Which is interesting because a lot of these come up as, as recommended sleeping noises. Uh, if you go on YouTube and you look for sleep sounds, um, white noise being the big one that, that sort of started off I think the first world trend of, of having some type of noise that blanketed out all the background noises. Uh, but Katie introduced me to listening to brown noise, which is actually probably my favorite of them. And Ooh, then yeah. when we've been doing that, I've seen uh, the existence of pink and green noise videos, but um, which, which is funny because I don't... So I'm, I'm guessing that the lower ones tend to be the ones that sort of soothe people into sleeping, either equal frequency intensities, uh, because blue noise has more power in high frequencies, and I have not ever seen a sleep video uh, that, that was advertising blue noise. Now, I don't know that factually. I would say but, that maybe some of the higher frequencies, depending on what actual frequency mm-hmm. it is, would help with things like tinnitus or... Um, yeah, like specifically uh-huh. like tinnitus, but also people that potentially have issues with um, like jaw pain and things like that, like uh-huh. your resonant your resonant bones in your face and your head. Yeah. In so, audio, blue noise can be used for equalization testing, audio systems and audio measurements. It can be used ah. for dithering, which is a process of adding low level noise to an audio signal to reduce distortion and improve sound quality. Yeah. In visual applications, blue noise can be used for anti-aliasing in computer graphics, which is a technique used to reduce the jagged appearance of curved diagonals. Oh, so you can use sound to mm-hmm. help with visual? I guess so. And overall, blue noise is an application of high-level precision and detail, scientific research, audio and video production, and computer graphics. So. Interesting. Fat cat, not you, Derek. Come on. Interesting. 
Brown noise is often used in audio applications for relaxation and sleep therapy. It can have a calming effect. Um, what is the most calming noise color? Pink noise is often considered the most calming color of noise. Pink noise is typical of noise that equal power in each octave, which makes it sound more natural and less harsh to the human ear. Studies have shown that exposure to pink noise can improve sleep quality and promote relaxation. The gentle soothing sounds of pink can mask background noises, reduce the application of sudden noises, and promote a more restful sleep. Pink noise is also used in meditation and relaxation apps, as well as the sound therapy. Um, that's interesting. I have that all backwards. You know, you know uh, what... Let's try this the other way. What sound is the color pink? Try to see if there is noises associated. Similar for white noise. What is the best white noise? The best white noise depends on your personal preference and situation. Different noises, different situations. Uh, what color noise is this podcast? What color noise is this podcast? Uh, it doesn't know. However, it's possible that the podcast uses white noise or some other color of noise as a background to help improve the sound quality or promote, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was confused. It was nothing. It's, it's like I was just learning, though, apparently... Um, and yes, all this stuff is based on like what your personal preference is, but this is saying pink noise is the most soothing of all noises and the most likely to promote relaxation and restful sleep. But pink noise, when is that article from? It's not from an article, it's from our producer, Chat GPT. I don't know if I believe in that. Well, it's not saying that it's right for everybody, but if you, if you were to recommend to a random person, uh, that is the aggregate response of... Um, it says that it, it, uh, it's a constant sound... Okay, hold on. Web, WebMD says that it filters out things that distract you, like people talking or cars going by, but they don't interrupt your sleep. Yes, pink noise is the is the noise. Uh, Rustling can't. leaves, steady rain, ocean waves, and heartbeats are considered examples of pink noise. But that's strange because if you go on YouTube and you type in pink noise, it's usually a very high hiss that I cannot handle. So they may be inappropriately naming them on those channels. Well, I think so. there's probably been some level of, well, let's see, when was pink noise discovered? So one, there's one specific study in 2022 that said, uh, well, not in 2022, but the article that I'm reading about the study, it lowers brain activity and led to more stable sleep, which... I did um, 
I do remember when we talked to Christy, she suggested something about pink noise. But I find that the brown noise maybe has like yeah, this says that everybody has like a personal preference. It's yeah. just saying that scientifically the average, like, because that's how they always, you just start based off of like, because most people start with white noise because that was the only color I had ever heard of before. Um, See, so this is, the one I just put up, this is 10 years ago. It has like almost mm -hmm. a million views on YouTube. It does... This one reminds me of, yeah, like, wind and rain, like, ocean waves, that kind of stuff, exactly what they were saying. But maybe because it's not naturally derived, the high end is, like, piercing. Or maybe it's compressed or something because it's on YouTube. But that's strange. Well, I think that could be one of the problems with YouTube videos because we've even seen a range. There's a different range of quality amongst the the channels, um, because that's one of the things that people can throw up very easily. There's very good uh, videos about. Um, that's one of those side hustle things where people are like, you can generate like a fake oh, algorithm yeah, for that thing, and all you got to do is just label it so that it gets well, hits. That's they don't. Exactly what I wanted to do. Like, yeah. Uh huh. If you're looking for accurate color noise from a specific application, such as sleep therapy or something, that's um. Oh, maybe I should listen. Like I have a really good Spotify channel uh, that plays um, rain sleep noises, and it sounds really good. The unfortunate thing about it is it's on like my auto rotation. So when I'm listening to music in my car, sometimes the next thing will just be like. Uh, yeah, I'm listening to... But also I find that a lot of those Spotify things, like, it's like two and a half to three minutes per... Oh, this one's like 12 hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. But those are, those are technically labeled as, like, podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it is a podcast. Because yeah. when, when, when I listen, um like the first five podcasts. When I listened to that episode, uh, because I didn't really, I don't have a robust Spotify playlist, it had like three things to pick from. So the next one it loaded up was get yeah. ready for uh, 12 yeah. hours of calming your I'm like, I'm not supposed to be listening to this when I'm driving. Exactly. So it's, it's strange though, because... I should probably listen to Blue Nights when I'm driving to keep me alert and laser focused. Funny that oh. like blue light is like the most distracting, and obviously it causes the most strain. But also the sky is blue. When it comes to driving, it's important to be alert and aware. So it's generally not recommended to listen to any kind of noise while driving. <laughs> it could be too distracting. Uh, focus brown noise has a deeper rumbling than white noise, which may be effective for some people in promoting relaxation and reducing stress while driving. Um, that's weird. I was going to guess blue, but that was only... But yeah, no, that was the... Uh, what you just said was what I was trying to get to earlier. Um, 
But blue noise did not end up being what I thought it was, but it was interesting. Well, it promotes more you brain activity. You don't overstimulate yourself with this, like, mm -hmm. similar stimuli. Mm hmm So I was thinking, like, if there's an orange noise, like blue blockers, but, you know, then brown noise. Blue is just the enemy of everything except you well, in that yeah, shirt. That's why it's like, what? So, interesting. Mm-hmm. The sky is trying to... Naming things, right? um, goodness gracious. I'm asking, how many colors are... The concept of color can be approached from different perspectives and disciplines. The answer to the question, here's a few possible answers. In the visible spectrum of light, there are seven colors. And in color theory and art, there are three colors. In digital imaging and displays, there are a combination of three primary colors. In printing and graphics, uh, there are four inks. So depending on the, um, uh, how many noise I, yeah, I just, I just pulled up the, uh, are there? So there's, now it's brownian noise is different than brown, right? Or maybe they just. It's, it's saying that, that it's also often referred to as brownian noise. So white noise is a signal or a process named by the analogy to white light with a very flat frequency spectrum. Oh, okay. Brownian noise and brown noise are related concepts, but they're not exactly the same thing. Brownian noise is a type of noise that arises from the random motion of particles in fluid or gas, which is known as Brownian motion. This type of noise can be observed in many physical systems, such as the movement of dust particles in the air, motion of molecules in liquid. On the other hand, brown noise is a specific type of audio noise that has a frequency of spectrum that decreases at a rate of six decibels per octave as the frequency increases. It's often referred to as Brownian noise because its frequency distribution is similar to that of Brownian motion. So yeah, so... This is noise. crazy! I know, right? So blue noise, I'm looking at the chart right here for the spectrum and the octaves and the decibels and stuff like that. It's also called azure noise. Um, so it's an, uh, something per octave with increasing frequency. So in computer graphics, blue noise is sometimes used more loosely as any noise with minimal low frequency component, with no concentrated spikes of energy. Uh, yeah, okay, so retinal cells are arranged in a blue noise pattern. So yeah, so... Now, blue noise, that's, when they say noise, they're not talking about, like, the mm -hmm. physical, well, like, we're not talking necessarily about the audio quality, we're talking about the visual mm -hmm. spectrum, I guess, at this point. So, yeah, so the blue spectrum, blue noise spectrum would be where we do get the most clarity out of our, like, our retinas and our eyeballs. So that makes sense that straining, I mean, that's like, mm -hmm. that's like doing way too many squats. Yeah. You know, like, I, I just asked our producer, what is the most popular song of all time? Do you have any guesses? It, it of course it said it, it, there's different ways to um, determine that. that. 
but it said there is five songs cited as the most popular and widely recognized. Uh, the first one being Happy Birthday to You. Yeah! A traditional song sung on birthdays around the world. Wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Let me try yeah. number two. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily in order, just going off of uh, songs that are often cited as among the most popular and widely recognizable around the world. But well, this, it has to be some sort of national This list is all uh, American, and Happy Birthday to You is the only, uh, um, so I'll say, I'll say like Whoa. utilitarian song the rest are would you would think of as songs what, no there's one, there's one other one that is is no, sort of occasion based no but there's another occasion based song no but cl- i uh and this is not an, a, a conclusive no. list but it might that it probably could uh be one uh no but i think no, but but you're in the right uh, uh, thing. Out of prayer? No. Ooh, give me a hint. Okay, um, one of them I said was uh, um, occasion based, and and I can specify that to holiday, and it would be one of the classic. And it's not necessarily like that, like that. There's there's one Gosh, though that is is citing as sort of. The most, and what might help is if you take it, if, if you looked at not just amongst children and not just amongst people now, but if you looked at like a little bit larger like a swath of American history. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so for me, mm-hmm. not Jingle Bells, not Rudolph and here's the thing. You could be correct on all of these, too. I've just, this has given me a list of five of which it's citing as very popular. Um, well, I knew Happy Birthday. Mm-hmm. That's yep. Great, so, shit. The one that I am referring to now that I'm giving you hints about is interesting because that actually would come up in, in a lot of lists uh, for movie reasons that I... That's that's sort of like the tie-in that. Silver bells or Carol of the bells, but that doesn't no. sound weird. Oh, it does. It does. One of my favorites, but also um, hard to gauge the popularity of. Yeah. Because there's so many redux. Mm-hmm. There's okay. part of. Do you want another clue yes. now? Okay, part. Is it religious? Um. No. In fact, I think that's. I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I, I don't think it is. I think it's a very secular. No, uh, you're, you're on such the right track. White Christmas? Yes, White Christmas. Really? And, and if you look at it. it that's what you said, movie. And I was like, wait mm-hmm. a second. There's no way. And that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe not now, but if you look, like, that was, like, because Irving Berlin, uh, when you look up the lists of, like, who are the most uh, popular. Right. Christmas. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When was that? Oh, that's ChatGPT. Okay. So, well. It can tell you anything you want to know about White Christmas. So, you want to know when, about? when did White Christmas become one of the most popular songs? Mm hmm. 
White Christmas, uh, which was written by Irving Berlin in 1940, became an instant hit when it was introduced in the 1942 movie musical Holiday Inn. Uh, went on to become one of the best-selling singles of all time, with an estimated sales of over 50 million copies worldwide. Good. And also, what constitutes a popular song? Well, it's it's saying it's uh, it's had estimated sales of over 50 million copies worldwide. But also, you have to understand that back in that day, when that song was popular and then popularized, repopularized mm-hmm. by a movie, a lot of people only had access to very specific stuff on vinyl, and what was most affordable would have been compilations of holiday Well, send the movie. Well, that's exactly why it became Boys popular. Well, everybody. The popularity was from the 1942 movie Holiday Inn. Or the movie White Christmas. How does it not reference? No, no. So that's that's one of the, the things that comes up. Um, that's what comes up on my, my movie list is always the mistake I make. I, I switch those two movies. Bing Crosby's famous uh, rendition of White Christmas is from Holiday Inn. Yeah. White Christmas being just the name of a movie. Like with Bing Crosby. That, uh, also, yeah. But they also like used to just churn out a billion oh movies. Um, yes. You want to guess uh, yes. the other... I'm sorry, yeah, Bing Crosby, JFK, Rosemary Clooney. Mm-hmm. Wow, all right, so... You've got six minutes to figure out the other three songs that... All right, so White Christmas. Mm-hmm. None of them are other, like, holiday or... Uh, no, none of the others are holidays. Which is wild, because I would also think that one of the most popular songs... Okay, actually, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's think about like religion here. Um, Christianity is a pretty big portion of the population, correct? Even though I know that like Muslim is also probably up, like way up there. Judaism. Yeah, what? I don't even Christianity know. accounts for thirty-one percent of the world's population. Who? Uh, Christianity accounts for 31% of the world's population. Okay, well, what's the second runner-up there? World religions percentage, maybe? Uh, Christianity is the top with 2.3 billion. Uh, Islam is the second with 1.8 billion. Um... Hinduism is third. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. I love this. Christianity, 31%. Islam, 24%. Hinduism, 15%. Buddhism, 7 Sikhism, 0.3%. Judaism, 0.2%. Other religions, 22%. Which is interesting. I had yeah. that pictured totally differently. In my head, I actually thought that the big four or five were more evenly distributed than that. Um, yeah. 
So. But like the like the like the standard like ah oh, man like those are those considered like songs? Are they considered like hymns, hymnals? So again, what is considered a song? Okay, I'm gonna ask you what is the most popular tune of all time. Okay, you'll be very oh mm, okay, this At is interesting. Tune, I think of like this is a much bigger uh, list and and. You're smart, because when I said just tune, uh, O Lang Syne is the happy birthday, and then... Uh, so, uh, happy birthday to you, and then O Lang Syne. Yeah. Um, it relates back to my original list. This, this has given me a, a complete... Uh, so, now, the rest... The rest, the rest of this list would be adult... It's, or like just they they wouldn't be specifically kid uh they're all they're all like classics but they're all, all like they're um okay, so it's not journey it's not bon jovi but it's you may like they're all things that you could have wound up Dragon singing though no like you're okay, i on. think you're guessing well but think think bigger and and some of these um Think about songs that are bigger than music. You're, you're, you're getting there. Like songs that people use, that not just for singing, but like they use this music all over the place. There's, uh, you, you want more hints? I keep giving you hints unless you want to think. Okay. 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 So the first, can you give me the first two again? So it's, it's uh, happy, happy birthday, birthday to you and White Christmas. And the third one is like a 70s or 80s song. Um, I, uh, I think it's a little, hmm. Okay. You could be right. I'll, I'll look up. It's a popular it, band? It's, so this is a good place to start. It's one of the most popular bands, that, which is why it might not even be their most popular song. Hey, but. So, so you were getting very close. Yes, it is. Yes. Because that has had over 2,200 covers uh, of it. So it's you know, one that's of... that's why I, I named the song that I recorded. The only song that I've ever, like, officially recorded uh -huh. that was an original of mine. I, call, even, I use it. I yeah. use the word in the, in the chorus. But mm -hmm. I called it yesterday because I was like, hey, back before algorithms were ridiculous. Yeah. You could search mm -hmm. yesterday, and I might have a chance of popping up if I were to sponsor myself. Now, something yeah, great about these next two songs. That's so dumb. These next two songs, you know they're popular because uh, I know both of them. Mr. Brightside. It's not the one on the list, but there, there would be an argument made for it is one of the most popular... Okay, modern so songs. So wow, yesterday by the Beatles. Uh-huh. I wouldn't necessarily know then, all the so words. Four and five is what I'm looking for now. Yes. Fucking A. Alright, so um Okay, so the it is a popular band, pop like pop culture band. Or one of me correcting you to be more specific would might give you a clue or give it away. One of them do you want do you wanna Hint about one of about the performer. 
Ooh, see, you already gave me a hint there, That's, but I think for four Yes, more. yes. All I can think about is Sting right now. Desert Rose, Hele, Hele. But that's not, yeah. Obviously, no, I, I know that's silly. That'd be amazing, but silly. Uh-huh. Performer. Do you think if Sting... All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> that's funny, because I think... I feel like it's been memed enough in the last uh -huh. several years. Oh, hey, look. Yeah. You're kind of close, actually, though, thematic, like, thematically, and oh, I can uh, see a tune. Oh, will go on? No. Uh, I will say, that's on the other list when I said the most popular tunes of all time. Yeah, that's Which weird. is a bigger list, but this, this, this original like, list has... When I think of tune, like, whistle a tune, hum a I think when you hear one of these, I don't, I don't think you'll so be surprised. So they're like, plays, like... Radio plays or streams or... It, like says, it says there's different me measures, and I think that's what it's pulling from is different ones. Sales, streams, radio play. Um, uh, like Michael the, Jackson the, has to be on there, huh? He's no? not on... The, and I think part of the problem is he had lots of really great songs. Yeah. But that is not... But I'm saying that both of okay, these artists so actually... Four now. So it goes Happy mm -hmm. Birthday, White Christmas, Yesterday... yesterday. Mm -hmm. Honky Tonk Women? It's something Rolling Stones, I guess, because, like, Beatles, Stones. Uh, the other list, ha uh, I think. Yeah, okay, Let's see, so, the other... okay, so, wait, you said, you said performer. Male said or for, female? For one of the... Female. And it's, it's... It's one of those things where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to describe it, it's sort of iconic even beyond being a song. If I ever told you you're my you're, hero... You're, that's the kind of song. Yeah, that's what I was mm -hmm. thinking. Just so. a different, just a different one that's a little more popular than that one. If you mention, like, ah, I'm so close. I can you, I you are. Hold on, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, and it's and a a big clue is that I said I know them because it's not Celine Dion. It's it's not. It's not Mariah Carey. It's not. At last, at uh, Ella Fitzgerald. No. I know that's part of the reason. Go. Part of the reason. Uh, you, okay, I'm sorry. You no, can no, keep no, going. no. Keep going. Because I think when, when part of the clue becomes clear, you'll figure it out immediately. Is that really serious? No. Okay, hold on. Can you give me, can you give me a 20-year uh -huh. gap? Like, or, like, era where that song... Uh... 80s to 2000. Um, you, one of the reasons why it might be a little more popular than no. Hold on. Okay. Just for just for shits and giggles. Let's go, girls. No. Because <laughs> that would actually, honestly, that would probably be a tune. But there's, there's a, so I, I'm realizing what this is making me think of, given your guesses. Can you give me a genre? Uh, no, it's pop. You said it was kind of pop. Kind of, yeah, I mean, they're, oh, um, I mean, they're sort of Sarah age. Is it Brightman? No. Is that an opera crossover? No. There's, there's a reason, I think, that it's actually bigger than all these songs that you're saying. I mean, it's also not going to be like a proud to be an American. No, there's. Uh, 
because I'm it it's appealing to multiple audiences. They're similar. It's probably a Venn diagram, but there's a reason why this is probably bigger than all of those. 80s, 50s, mm -hmm. there's, there's just something a little bit bigger than all of those. And even me not having like a super scientific research on this, I, I feel like it's probably... I swear to God, it's it's not it no, I, and I believe it's even because you're you're drawing on multiple fan bases for this song. Ooh. I I feel like such a failure right now. Um, think. Has it been used in commercials? I'm sure it has. I can't think of one off the top of my head. The other one has, because we're looking for two different songs, and I, I'm, I will go into that one, but, we're but I think we're sort of... Is the other one Freebird? <laughs> or Sweet Home it's, Alabama? It's not, but again... Uh, I'm hitting, like, weird... It's not, like, I, yeah. Yeah, okay, so you know who this is. Yes. Not only that, I, you... Um, like, this is the kind of song that if you're like, Jamie, hit it, I might sing part of it. It's not just, I know, I'm not just aware of it. I know some of it. I don't know every word, but, um, so, so if you can look back through all the time that we've spent together, as long as we've known each oh, other. that's horrible, because now I'm going to be even failing more. <laughs> Um, oh my goodness. Ugh. Why am I having such a hard time with this one? Because, like, all these other ones you're talking about, they're, they're good guesses. Like, if, if I had said any of them, is, I would not be surprised. Is good used in a musical? Uh, it, it could have. I, I, you want me to check? I'll check. I can... We can get some of these clarifying questions because I do not know. Um, there is somebody, it's probably Nick that's like screaming the right answer. It has been used in musicals. It has been? Musicals? Uh, the, the song has been used in musicals. Um, also, if you're into the, the specificity of this, my, my time estimate is not fair. It, okay. it, is, it was written originally and recorded before 1980. Do you want the year? 50s? No, it's, I wasn't off by much, but, but if you were holding yourself to, the, to 1980 and higher, that's not accurate. It was. It was written and recorded before... The 80, uh, 1974. It's not even a long time. No, but, but still, like, you'd find it in the same list. So it's like a Motown kind of, or a disco? The reason I think that it, this one is so big is because it appeals that you you have just tell me okay oh well, no no hold on give me give me like i, I can give you more cancer we can we can give me another hint. 
close in on it. Um, uh, I keep talking about like appealing to multiple audiences because there are iconic versions of it by different people. No, but but probably the one most people think of is not performed by the original. Uh, how about this? The person who originally wrote and recorded it is a wonderful person. Uh, everybody but the coldest hearted people love her. And continuing to stay relevant in life even beyond. I would say Bonnie Raitt, but I know that's not right. You're, yeah, I know. You're, you're, so the reason. It, no, no. And this song is very popular because the original, like the original wrote and record is great. And then it was repopularized. You want when it was repopularized? 1992. Shit. I feel like I have it, but like my brain is just not connecting the dots. Uh-huh. So Bonnie Raitt is closer though, right? No. Bonnie Raitt is closer to the original. Yeah. The the uh performer who Yeah. Yes. And I will always, yeah. Yes. See, now, and that's I, my, that's I don't my, think of Dolly Parton as a woman. I think of her as an icon. <laughs> she has transcended. That's fair, but I think, human, I, human so I think, that's why it's hard, but I think this, uh, my hey, theory good, is. That's good. Now, honestly, the 92 did not help me, but the funny thing was is that you were, you were steering me a little bit in the wrong direction with uh, Celine Dion and... Like saying I was kind of on track with that because I could have said Whitney Houston. But I do know that. So it's her, it's her version? No, it, it's not saying version because it's like saying yesterday so, is one of the most okay, popular so songs. Yeah, collaborative. What? Okay so, uh-huh. okay, so then the next one. But do you, the next one. The next one's going to be harder for me to catch. Sure. Oh, so, the, you want some hints about this one? The next one is been covered plenty of times. I don't I don't know any of the covers, but I know uh Okay. But it's not a female artist. No. But it has been covered by a female artist? Um I don't even specific the 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 original is so iconic that I am I'm not specifically aware of any covers. I just know a lot of people Love it and sing it. Um, okay. Um, I bet there's probably some awesome covers of it. And we are thinking of, uh, we're looking for the, the fourth, not necessarily in order, but. Okay, um, so, mm-hmm. happy birthday, mm-hmm. white Christmas. Yep. Yesterday, I will always love you. Mm-hmm. Give me a, like a decade range on this next one. Oh, uh, maybe a change is gonna come. I don't. I wish, but 
Um, do, do you want a decade that it was? I, the decade that it was released. Okay. Uh, I feel bad. I'm, I'm guessing off the, my head the. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, give no. me your guess. Oh, I was going to say, give me your guess before. I was going to guess 80s, but it's actually uh, 70s. But that's just my um, insufficient knowledge of music. No. Is it a sad song? It was uh, this? It's I want to say so. It's sound oh, of silence. It's a group. Is that? That's it's, my it's a whole. It's not. Is it close? No. Because that one also has been used in a lot of pop, 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 mm -hmm. pop sure. But this could be, this could actually, like, me reading their answer, I'm, I'm actually not even doubting. No, I'm just saying I'm not even doubting chat GTP pulling from the internet that it's prob it probably is, like, the most used. It's probably more used than all the other ones. It's not just is a, a song. Is it a song or a slow song? <sighs> or a mid-tempo? <laughs> Has it been done both ways? It's like 20 songs in one. Oh, it's Freebird. It has to be Freebird. No, but it's... Uh, Melissa by Almond Rose. I'm kidding. Do you want... Uh, anyway, here's Wonderwall. And with that, it's uh, it's Wonderwall. So, or or is it? Is it Tune really in next. Wonderful? No, it's not Wonderwall. Oh, if well, if we were going off of played by dudes at house parties trying to impress but women, no, honestly, then that would be number. When when you when you hear this song, though, you'll understand why. I can't. I am not music. Right, so How about this? Okay. Um, this this song. Uh, is it a band that I complain about? You don't. I don't know. You do not complain about is them. Is it a band that I've covered? I'm trying to. Th uh, I'm trying to think. Yes. Yes. It's not, it's, it, Obviously not. I was going to say is it newer, but like, I actually don't know the dates on all, like, I, cause this is older than I thought it was by about five years. Um, so classic rock, is it, um, it's very, it's, it's very classic. Uh, so I can give you a tie in hint with Wonderwall. Uh, Are they from the same? Yes, I think. So. Mm. I don't like you. I'll, would you like the answer to that? I can find that yes. out. Um, Is it another Beatles song? Uh, Maybe they are bigger than Jesus. Because clearly there's no hymnals on there. It's a band, not a, not a solo artist. 
Yeah, wait. Um, wait, mm, okay, do you want... Oh, I don't, I feel like, I feel like chat GPT did not answer this question correctly. Yes. Um, but I could be wrong too. Do you want, do you, would you like more specificity about where the band comes from? My question was, do Yes. And my question was, does Oasis and come from the same country? And it says yes or no. I think it messed up. Because what it, what it says is no, but I, I don't think that's correct. Um, well, from the same like, area. That's, and that's why, because it, it's saying no, Oasis. Oasis is a British rock band from Manchester, England. But it's... The other band is from London? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, is it YouTube? No. Because you know... I, I thought you might have... Yeah, okay, see, like... No, you'll be, you'll be happy with the answer. You'll be like, good for... Like, I, I think you'll be happy. Some 70s from London, England. Uh-huh. But I mean, world worldwide. It's... Is it a punk thing? Like, a, like I don't think that would be. Uh... Well, no, I mean not punk, but you know, like the Clash or Rock the Casbah. Just kind of what I was thinking. Of. I'm asking what genre uh, classified as rock, incorporated. El- okay, you want you want the musical description yeah. of uh, incorporated elements of many different genres, including hard rock, glam rock, pop, opera, and heavy metal. Queen. Yeah. Yeah. I love that list. See, see, and that's, and that's why I was saying like, (laughs) much like Wonderwall, like it's so popular because like everybody will sing it at karaoke. Like if you're gonna like, yeah, just as popular today. Like even maybe more so. Like. That is a very popular song. I would definitely. But also, have you? I mean, you've seen that, like, "Don't Stop Me Now." Now, okay, so Bohemian Rhapsody. That was my next set of clues. Film famous. Uh huh. Wayne's World was it two or the first one? I don't know. I've never seen either of them. Oh man, um, I can't remember. Can you look up to see where Bohemian, which Wayne's World Bohemian Rhapsody? Wayne's World. The original. 1992, yes. Okay, so that, look, 1992 was a real popular year. Come on, it's also been in Shaun of the Dead, A Knight's yes. Tale, Suicide Squad, and Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yes. Jake, come on. Jake, my state from the dead. All right, so wait, can you go back through the tunes then? The t- Yes, Okay. So I'll tell you the ones that are on here from both. Okay. Thanks for letting me guess. Oh no, this is super fun. Do you like this? Because I love this. This is like, this could be its own podcast. Um, so th- let's see. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This has ten. 
This is a terrible list. I liked the first list because I could sort of reason. I'll so I'm not going to be able this, to figure these out. No, some of them you will. I I don't like it because there's a there's like two specifically on there that are anyway. But they might be like uh, it's difficult to determine the most popular tunes of all time. Music preferences vary by time, genre, and across cultures. However, some of the most widely recognized and enduringly popular songs of all time include, and so you got "Happy Birthday," "Old Lang Syne." The ones from the previous list, uh, Yesterday, Bohemian Rhapsody, I Will Always Love You. Now, the other ones on here that I think you would guess, you have already mentioned. So the, that's why I was saying they were really good guesses. Like, like you were correct in so, yeah, before in some of, the, own, some of the big songs. Um, Sound of Silence. That, not that, so let's, uh, let me see. I can try to do some... Some genre stuff. Um, well, I think I think I already told you too when you were trying to guess when you were having a really hard time with uh, "I Will Always Love You." Um, I might have actually. I might have told you though that this one was on the list. It was one of your guesses. Oh, all about the Christmas is you. There's no more uh, holiday ones. Um, they don't. Oh, uh, yes. 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 Um, there's, there's one on here that is, uh, someone associated with one of the other songs, but it's not them. No. So the, 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 the first list, we had uh, Happy Birthday, traditional song, uh, Irving Berlin, popularized by Bing Crosby, The Beatles, Queen, and Dolly Parton, and oh, Whitney oh, Houston. Live and let the, oh, I wish. <laughs> Going back to the fine day. Um, On the right track, um, I in ways. Um, let's see. Uh, I felt like that. Um, no. Not on this. Oh, I think they're on. There's so many. Oh, man. Um, or we are the world. Not on this list. Okay. Uh, so uh, there was. Okay. The, the song. Also, where is this? Where is this article coming? It's not an article. So this. This thing, it pulls from all the different articles that exist on the internet. So that's why it's not always... Uh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's pulling like from different lists of the most popular, not in order. If I asked it, like, what, are Rolling, what, is, what is Rolling Stone magazine's top most okay. covered, it could give me that. But this is a more generalized... Um, all right, so the next one, you said that... Okay, so let's just go down the list. Uh-huh. So you have Happy Birthday, Auld Lang Syne, Yesterday. Um, the next one on this list, uh, I think you might have even guessed it earlier. Probably 70s as well. Let me, I'm, I'm, I'll make sure. Um, male or female? Male. Uh, 71. Mm-hmm. 
Nope. Because I think that actually, wait, computer, when did What's Going On by Marvin Gaye come out? What's Going On by Marvin Gaye was released on May 21st, 1971. So I was at, oh, that's, that's interesting though, that my brain kind of knew that one, uh, or that era. All right, so James Brown? No. Uh, am I in a similar genre? Uh, I would I would switch genres like right Is time more frame. Rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stairway to Heaven. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. Then after that was Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow! I love how our brains work. Uh huh. This is amazing. <laughs> so the next one, this is the one where I was. Uh, this one, mm, let me. See. I don't know enough about it. I've heard it, but. I, uh, It is, but a woman would sound lovely singing it too. In fact, a lot of people. This is a this is a pretty highly covered song. Uh, American Pie. Seventy one. Uh, they're all seventy one. Mm -hmm. Wow. Maybe the music just used to be. Okay, bad. so uh -huh. different genre than the one that I just guessed. Mm -hmm. More R and B or soul? No. Uh, no. Uh, let's see. Um, Like songwriter. I said American Pie. I would that that would be more similar. I'd say uh, yeah, you want. Uh, um, oh, I think I got it, but I can't put it out of my face. But definitely. Um, Singer songwriter, so it wouldn't be like Don McLean, which I already guessed. Is Bob Dylan? No. Tom Petty. No. But I, I would venture to say sort of in the same, um, like you're, you're in the type thing. era. Um, no, okay. No, you, you might, I, I want clarification because this is, genre is a thing I have a very hard, that would, um, Me too, because there's so many things. Also, I feel like, the genre is so like back in the day. Genre was classified as like where they could sell the most, like wherever they put it in the in the records. Uh huh. In fact, I would I would even venture to say I bet this changed over time since it was cre since it came out. It's, it's not Simon Garfunkel. No, but that was not on the list. Uh, there, Simon and Garfunkel are on Sound of Silence. One of the lists for most. Covered, I think. Uh, yes, but it's not that okay. song. But it's, um, yeah, I had the list of most covered songs, and that's. Uh, okay, so this is this is still most popular tunes, correct? So like Hama tune, yeah. tune. But I would actually say, like, I honestly, I know I'm probably the one that's wrong on this, but I don't feel like this one is nearly as popular as oh, any of these others that are on the list. I don't. Or no, give me give me like an obvious hint. Okay. Not an obvious. Hint. But okay. Just give me a hint, like, there was a really obnoxious version of this done in the last five Rick years. Astley, no. no. I know. That people hated. Like it was. Simple man. No. It was trending on social media how much people hated 
how it was done in the last five years. Last, last three years. The last five They hated it because it wasn't done by a musician, specifically. The song was sung by a bunch of people, some which or which may or may not have been musicians, but it was, people just thought it was obnoxious at the time. Specifically during the pandemic. The celebrities thought they were doing it to be inspiring and people found it to be... Okay, the... The artist, formerly known as Prince, formerly even known as himself, um, may not have ended up even being as famous as they were if not for. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. You want to know something crazy? The uh, Ed Sheeran is on this list, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. When your legs don't work like they used to be. That may maybe let uh so let me Is that I only have the title and I don't know his music, so uh Shape of You. No, I'm that's in not, love with the shape of you. That's really that's one I don't even know of him. That's why I didn't like this list as much because I think it's yeah, pulling from like, like pop and recent lists more. Mm-hmm. Which I think skews it. That, but, that's um, like, yeah, that's like Billboard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll give you one. Uh huh. Seventy-one. The song has been covered. This okay. Is let me say. Disco. You know, you said it's rock. I'll no. say this person appears on the list already, just not performing with the rest of the people that they're they're on the other song. And I'm going to go off of the original list of five. Happy birthday to you, White Christmas, Yesterday, Bohemian Rhapsody, and I Will Always Love You. Oh, maybe I'm amazed. No. It's not Paul McCartney? No. Wait, hold on. So it's, it's Happy Birthday to You, White Christmas, I Will Always Love You. But you, I thought you said it was a male artist. It is. I Will Always Love You, and after that was... So do you want, do you want the artist and song? But I can also give you the, like I think you'll get it when you know who it is. Um, Honestly, but you I know don't. Who did more for everybody that should be in this place right now? Phil fucking Collins. The Tarzan soundtrack. I'm kidding. Um, this is me joking. Wait, wait, wait. I also said Stairway to Heaven. Uh-huh. So it's not, it's not Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin? It's not. And it's not Freddie Mercury. Unless it's Under Pressure. No. Which is David Bowie and Freddie Mercury. Or, oh, well, no, I was going to say then there's David Bowie and Mick Jagger, which is... Dancing in the street, 
So that's not it either. But you're nodding like I'm getting closer. What? Because you're because you're thinking the right thing. I'm but dancing in the street around it. What? What's your? Uh, I feel it's. My clue is frustrating because it's like you like you started thinking the right way, but you jump you you have already jumped over where you should have. It's not the Doobie Brothers. Stop. No. It's it's somebody that that. But you didn't you didn't tell me who else is on the list again. No. Okay. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Happy birthday to you. White Christmas yesterday. Bohemian Rhapsody and I will always love you. Imagine. Yes. Yes. Uh, That's why you were so close uh, a number of times, and then I was like, uh huh. Yeah, I know. And this—that's when I like—I thought you were gonna get it next. Um, But okay, and uh, let's see. Was there? And I said maybe I'm amazed. Um. Which is funny because one of my favorite songs, like when I was younger, mm-hmm. Christmas songs, was um, So This Is Christmas, War Is Over. Mm-hmm. I just really like having so kids sing. The next, there's, there's only one more on this list if you want to guess for it. Yes. But it's frustrating because I don't, I don't want to not give you credit, but I don't think you're going to because I like... I don't even really know how to hint around. I have heard it. Okay. Um, I want to say, I think it pulled... Male? Male or female? Male. Okay. I want to say, I think it pulled this from a list that is not as timeless as any of the other. It probably pulled this from a... Um, I'm going to need some clarification on this song. Because I think there might be sweet see. emotion. Uh, okay. Um, male performer. Um. You want the uh, 2010 to 2020. Eminem? No. Because. I don't think, like. Here, the. uh, Am I on the right track? Sort of. If you went to an old record store because they didn't have all the subgenres, they probably would be in the same genre. But, like, now. Not. It would be, it's some sort of hip hop. Or R and B. I wouldn't solidly put like. Okay, never mind. All right, so they don't they don't give you a genre. Let me let me I'll ask. Oh, that's how we should have done it. We should have done this like twenty questions where you could ask different things like what is the genre, what is the time, and then. Well, no, but anyway, like, okay. Um, you're, you're saying that it's uh, you said two thousand. No, after two, but 2010 to 2020. The year? Do you want the year? No. Okay. 2010 to 2020. Oh, wow. oh, and that's, that's the. Cheap of you. That, no, 
that's the hard thing about this too. This is this gives um like so many songs are multiple genres now too. Yeah. Um one of them which I so yeah, do you want do you want the genres? Tell me how many genres? There's three genres. What would you personally consider this song out of those three? <sighs> because I think this is what was sort of making its crossover into white American appeal at the time. This so is not reggaeton. Huh? <laughs> reggaeton. Um, later, much later, like, know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, has this artist been around for a lot longer than that hit song? That wasn't like their first big hit. Um, been a musician for more than 30 years. But I wouldn't have uh, began their career in the early nineties. Two thousand four was their breakthrough album, uh, but twenty seventeen was when they hit. And it's really crazy because I want to say Bruno Mars, but it's only because I know he did some weird. Would not like this. This person, to to me, my knowledge of them, they arrived on the scene in two thousand seventeen, and I've never heard of them since. But when when this I is did a popular tune, but it was it was it was obnoxiously popular. Um. Let's, let's, uh... Hold on, hold on. Male solo artist. Mm-hmm. Used in commercials? Let me see. It's not, no, no, not really five. Uh, are you paused? I'm not. Okay, let me put this in. Just because. Hi, and we, yeah. Can I unplug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we're. It's we're, not CeeLo Green. No. Because I was going to say fuck you. Ha <laughs> ha. I would actually, in in my uneducated opinion, anecdotally, that was probably a more popular song than this. Actually, but but I'm also not going off of the time frame in which it came out being popular. Um, I'm only saying CeeLo Green has had as as yeah, stayed stuff, yeah. uh, this song. So this person had a career since the '90s. They but didn't get they've popular been popular until 2017. No, uh, I. I'd never heard of them oh, before 2017. 
but their breakout album. Um, there? There. Multiple what? people? No, no. Okay. T H E I R. Okay. <laughs> uh, their breakout album came in uh, 2004. Do you want the name of that album? No. It's, okay. It's not Eminem. No. Um, you Puerto Rican. Ooh. Now, now I'm thinking. I know this is nineties, but Maria, Maria. Um. I I would say you're you're. Oh my it. God! It's fucking Pitbull, isn't it? No. But I actually, I act okay. So I made that mistake in my head reading it. And I had to clarify, not because of spelling, but like similar to that Mark Anthony. Reggaeton was becoming very popular in American mainstream. Okay, because I was also thinking, uh, but this is also before twenty. But I, but I still only know this song by them. I like I I I know they've done more stuff. I just like this is this is the only one that I've ever heard on the radio. This is the only one I've ever heard at the gym. At uh, clubs, at on TV, like. Now, do they use Hispanic like words? Like, do they use the Spanish language? Uh, yes, it's it's the the title is not English. Do you want the English word? Or title, I, that was no, actually I a pretty. Give it, away. It, um, it might. Um, I want to say I'm. Like Mamacita or something like that. Is it? No. I want to say I'm really excited because I, 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 even Am getting, I getting more. Yes. Even getting distracted, I looked up the. Uh, um, I just want to. This is this is exciting for you. I looked up the top 100 selling singles of all time. You're you're very good at guessing these things. Like the from hey. from RIAA's hey. list of like official sales, uh, you you would have done very well. Like well, anyway, course. but um, I was in a also, it's funny because I feel like these, uh, this, the list of the, the singles is more representative of different kinds of things too. But uh, so the yeah. title is not in English. Oh my goodness. It's not in English. All right, you're just gonna tell me it's not Rob Thomas. Right? It's not. Uh, do you want what about? Give me, give me a good hint, like an easy. Okay. Uh, the the artist does not go by their perform their they have a performing name. Yeah, and that's like that is right in there. Drake? No. There's a chance you don't know. Like I'm not super familiar. Uh, yeah. The artist is Daddy Yankee. Which what? Uh, yeah. What's the song? Despacito. That yeah. Despacito. See, that's what I was saying from the beginning. I didn't really like that, but they're that on they're going off of. Uh, Single sales that for that. That doesn't like tune. 
It's, um, yes, they had a very quick. Oh, that's oh, what. That sucks. Anyway, uh, I would have guessed that. As far as podcasts, no, um, this long was long. a lot of fun. Uh, sorry. I guess what? Y'all got a. I told you it was going to be special. And boy, was it special. Y'all almost got two episodes for the price of one. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Uh, keep tuning in this and every week as long as we keep doing this. Uh, for all the latest on Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Let's go with one of the world's least... Let's play one of the least popular songs in the whole world because it's probably been heard by some of the fewest amount of people of all time. That is our original theme song. Uh, until next time, we will see you down the road and Excelsior. Hold on, no, because of technical difficulties, I'm actually going with the new theme song. See you next week. Never struggle, we face the silver lining to embrace. Join us as we journey through the ups and downs of Silver Linings Playbook 2. Welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast, where we discover the light in the past. Each episode, we'll share and learn the power of connection and self-return. Yeah.